Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve Hill, and we're going to talk about some stuff today. And I'm here with Nick, recent graduate of Bushnell, the Beacons. I see his shirt right in front of me. How's it going, Nick? It's going great, Steve. Student debt has been an eternal reminder of how grateful I am for my education. Oh, okay. Although hopefully, hopefully it doesn't last for an eternity. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> hopefully you can wipe that thing out sooner rather than later. Hey, today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about something that some of you might tune out just immediately. I'm going to talk about do you make a list for the week? Like I'm a list maker. So what I do is I sit down in my office on Monday morning and I make a list. And here's what I do. Uh, and I've been doing this for years, for years, for 30 year plus years I've been doing this. And at the top of my list, and Nick can verify, I wrote the word prayer. Yes. And then, oh, Thank you. And then I wrote the word make list. That's two words, but yes. Yes, yes. So anyway, so the first thing I do is I pray about what should be on my list. Then I make a list. And then when I'm done making a list of things I need to do that week, I cross the first two out and I feel wonderful about myself because I got two things done on my list already. It's kind of like a momentum thing. I'm getting some energy, and I'm, and so I make this list, and then I divide my list up into uh, sections like people I need to call or emails I need to send, and then a project I need to work on a little bit. And for me, sometimes the project is either writing or or. Uh, creating a, a message for Sunday, creating a podcast, let's say. And so I write all of those things down. And then on Monday, I prioritize it. Which things do I need to do on Monday? Because if I don't do it, I'm holding somebody else up, like I'm the bottleneck. So I'm very aware of those things. So I set this list, and here's why I want to talk about this, because Sometimes we get stuck in a spiritual rut. I want to relate this to a spiritual thing. And what happens is that is that because we're not shooting at a target, we're not moving somewhere, we're not creating spiritual momentum in our lives to grow in our walk with the Lord. So I made a list for the things I need to do, but I think it's really helpful if we think about a spiritual list. What are the things I need to maybe do or to focus on to help me know Christ better, help me know Jesus better, help me to walk with Jesus better. So let me give you some some just some quick examples and why I think these kind of examples are can be helpful for some people, not for others. We could just say, oh, I just need to read my Bible. And what happens is that's all good intent, and then it, it, it uh, what can we say, fizzles out, right? Or I just need to pray. And so those are all uh, good things, but often we don't have a plan for that. You know, it's not it's not detailed detailed enough, and we get frustrated, and then we feel like failure spiritually. And I, it's just a crazy cycle of frustration. And I say that because I've been there. What I have been there, where oh man, I'm going to do this, and 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 then it kind of fizzles out, right? And we feel bad, and we give up. The other part of making a list, we think about the things to do, but I think it's super helpful to take something like the fruit of the Spirit, which is Galatians 5, chapter 5, verses 20, 20, 20, 22, 23, 24, and so on, and talk about character things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. So I can you know, think about some internal things I need to work on, 
as well. So let's take self-control. So um, I gained, I know this will be a shocker to you, Nick, but I've had two surgeries on my Achilles tendons. I haven't been able to walk hardly at all for for about eight to nine months. I, and it's COVID, so I gained 20, 23 pounds. And I went, holy cow, I need to practice some self-control here on just sitting in this chair and just eating, right? And it was tough. It was tough. And so finally, I'm starting to walk and make some better self-discipline choices. And I've dropped, I've dropped nine pounds, Nick. So I'm going the right direction, right? I'm headed in the right direction. But really, that's a uh, internal kind of thing. So in my spiritual life, if I want to have more patience with people, I need to maybe think about how I'm going to have more patience in my life as well. So to help me kind of have a basis for this in my life. I think Philippians chapter 3 is a great it's a great verse uh, section to talk about that because Paul Apostle Paul talks about he hasn't arrived at his goal, he's pressing forward to his goal and he's ready to take hold of the goal. And uh, he's talking about knowing Christ. So in this uh, section, I'll read just a little bit of it. He says, uh, rejoice in the Lord, it's no trouble for me to write the same things again. It's a safeguard to you. And he says, watch out for those dogs. He's not talking about Labradors or German Shepherds. It's it's a put down. Those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. He's talking about all the people who are going to add the Jewish law to their new Christian faith, that you got to be both. And then he goes on, he says, if anyone thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. And he used the word flesh three times. So out of my own self-willpower, you know, I can press on to this, to this, to this goal that I have of of things. And he lists out his, uh, I guess you call it a resume of things. He says he's from the tribe of Benjamin. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews, regard to the law, Pharisee. So he's saying, I got the right diplomas. I got the right. I got the right stuff. And I persecuted the church. And so he's. He's saying, those were all my advantages that I had over everybody else. And then what I think is really an interesting verse, verse 7, says, "Whoever, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So I did a little study in this word loss, and, and it means it has the nuance of being disadvantaged. disadvantaged. So I could read the verse this way. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider disadvantages for the sake of Christ. So we could think about these advantages I have, like like we could say, like I have diplomas on my wall. I used to never hang them up. I finally did. I got a few diplomas on my wall. I say, oh, I've got, that's an advantage for me. Or you've started, launched your career, and you've made a lot of money, and you're ready to retire at the age of 45, and you don't even know what's next in your life. You could say that's an advantage, or you could say I've, uh, I've really, uh, you know, I, I look really great. You know, you could say that's an advantage that that you're a beautiful person. So you could think about all these advantages that you have, and Paul kind of flips that around, and says everything I thought was an advantage, it's kind of a disadvantage, advantage disadvantage. And why would he say that this disadvantage thing? And I've been thinking about that today, and I think he says that because. I might put too much self-confidence 
into those things that that are uh, that I'm good at. So if you're good at at sports, you're good at reading books, you're good at making money, you're good at your profession, you're just good at stuff. And uh, what happens is you think you can do it on your own. And I think that that's what Paul is saying. So he's saying that that I consider those things disadvantages to knowing Christ because they're in the way. It's like an obstacle, right? Got to get over myself. I've been around a lot of smart people in my life, but nobody's that smart. You know, they just they can figure everything out. And then Paul says, uh, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I love that verse because the word knowing means to have an experience. It's just not like, um, oh, I know who the president of the United States is. This is Joe Biden. But I don't know him. I know about him. He's a lawyer. I, I, you know, I know things about him, but I don't know him personally. I don't know what he likes to eat for breakfast. Probably something boring like oatmeal and cottage cheese. I don't know. You know, I just don't know him personally, right? So I don't have a personal experience with him. But I can have a personal experience with Jesus. Now then, here's what I've done in my life uh, to help me to move forward. It's actually that I, back to this list thing, I, that I do make a list and I think about what I need to, um, how to make progress in my life, how to make spiritual, because you never arrive. You, you never arrive fully uh, where you need to be until we die and go in the presence of God. So I think of Jesus' experiences. Jesus experiences. And some of you might be thinking, oh, Steve Hill's going to go all mystical on us. Usually he's level-headed. He's kind of stoic and just kind of even-keeled. And so I'm not talking about weird stuff when I'm talking about Jesus experiences. Because here's my theory. Most of us are in the same kind of routine in lives. We get up at the same time. We go to the same places. We eat the same restaurants. We uh, just have the same kind of experiences. So when I started having new phys- uh, experiences in my life, I found myself growing. So let me give you a practical example for that. When I was, uh, I think, maybe 30, I went on my first, I think it was my first, uh, missionary trip out of the country. And I went to the country of Honduras. Do you know where that is, Nick? Yes. Okay, you got that one? Yeah, yeah. South America. South, yeah, Central America. And Honduras at that time was the poorest country outside of Haiti, I think, in this hemisphere. And I took a group of 12 students and some adults, high school students, and we were there, I don't know, 10 days. And because I got out of my normal bubble and out of my safe zone, I got to experience something new in it. And I got to experience Jesus in a new and different way. So when I saw people who were different than me worshiping the same Jesus and who lived in poverty, maybe or less than I had, let's put it that way, you know, it had a profound impact on me. And I can say that as somebody who, gosh, I don't know if I want to confess this, you know, I really wasn't into missions. I really didn't care. I just didn't know. Maybe that was a better way of saying it. But that experience uh, really helped me to grow closer to Jesus. And and so I look for Jesus' experiences like that, like a mission trip. So I think 
on our spiritual list and goal setting, we ought to be able to think about new experiences that help us to grow forward. So after that trip I had uh, 28 years ago to Honduras, I've been on a variety of overseas short-term trips, and each one uh, tends to be different in some ways, and I've developed strong friendships. We had a podcast about the country of Myanmar, and I'm still in contact with pastors there. That got me way out of my comfort zone, and I was able to be in that country multiple times to – to be involved in ministry. And so that just got me out. I think other things that you could put into your list would be even you say, I I don't have two weeks to go to a, a short-term mission trip. But you know what? You do have a day you could go down to the Eugene mission. Right, right. That would be for some people listening, that would be a whole new experience. You go down to your local mission, soup kitchen, and you just learn and experience. And it just broadens your spiritual life is what that does. Or you do something else. You read to kids at the public school. I've got a friend in town. He's for years been reading to third graders like every Thursday. He's a tutor or a reader. I guess I call him a reader. And I just think those kind of Jesus experiences we need to build into our lives. It needs to be part of our list. Because it's those experiences that challenge us. Now, I'm going to, here's why I think it challenges that challenges our time. Uh, if you want to get to know Jesus better, you got to spend time with him. And when you have those new experiences, oftentimes, you, often you will find yourself spending more time with Jesus. So when you, when you are around new people you haven't met, or even a new country or the, or a mission where you're serving food, all of a sudden you're, you're saying, Lord, I don't understand this. How is this? How does this all work? What's going on here? And I think it just broadens our spiritual lives. And what it does is we're forced to trust Jesus with what we are experiencing in our growth. So everything that I thought was an advantage in my life, my diplomas, my good health, the money I've earned, and your family life, maybe those are actually barriers to you taking those Jesus experiences because you're not ready to step out of those. Does that make sense, Nick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally tracking with you. Totally tracking with me. And so I look back at my passage, and uh, Paul says, not that I've already attained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on. You know, and I think that's a lifelong pressing on kind of goal. And when we sit down to make spiritual goals in our lives, I just want to challenge people, don't naturally think about, I'm going to read the Bible this year, and you know how much I love challenging people to read the Bible. But there could be some other aspects to your spiritual life, goal setting, to thinking through your unique, God's unique curriculum in your life. And you could think through that maybe I need to plan some Jesus experiences into my life. That could be everything, anything from, like I said, the soup kitchen to reading at a public school or even in church helping with fourth graders. It could be a variety of things, but it's just new experiences. Are We should view those as Jesus experiences, and those new experiences help us to grow because if we don't launch into that, the things we thought were advantages are actually disadvantages to us because there are barriers to us getting out and experiencing those kind of things. So goal setting is important. 
thinking through your spiritual life is important, and then realizing that the goal here is to know Jesus better. And that takes time, it takes talking to him, and it takes trusting in him as well. Any thoughts, Nick? Um, I don't really have too much to add, but just um, kind of adding on to what you ended on to note, I think something really important in that aspect is just being open to those things and also being humble enough to go for it. Like for a while, I was not against mission trips, but I was just thinking to myself, eh, I don't need to go. Like there's no, there's no reason for me to go. And then the few times that I have gone on mission trips, it's been very satisfying and also really hard because I'm a pretty selfish person. So mm-hmm. eating food, I don't necessarily prefer <laughs> or doing activities and manual labor that I don't really prefer is always, was tough to get over. But once I was able to think outside of myself, I really enjoyed those things. And it does grow your heart for other people and just for things that are beyond what we know here, what we're comfortable with in our everyday life. Hey, let me give you an example of, so I used to live in Washington State. I took, I think, 30, 35 students, high school students to the inner city Seattle for a week. And it's before the chop zone and all that stuff. So like uh, 25, 27 years ago. And it was an incredible time for me and for those students just to have new experiences. So we would do everything from, I had them stand on street corners and panhandle for money. How about that? And then we talked about how how degrading that is emotionally to have to ask for money. Or we had them stand out in a safe way, I want to assure everybody a safe way, outside of strip clubs and porn shops across the street and just observe who goes in and out of the shops and just observe what's going on in the street. And then we would debrief about that as well. So very, is incredible. Or, we, or we'd have them serve in a soup kitchen and then the programs that they offered. But you know what? I told them they can't serve food. They have to go in the tables and talk to people. They didn't want to do it. <laughs> in fact, they didn't want to do the panhandling. So I had to go and show them first how to panhandle for money. Okay, just to get them to do it, I stand beside them and we practice to strangers. And I say, okay, I'm going to stand five feet away. You do it now. And, and I'm just trying to, to, you know, have them have this new kind of experience that would want to propel them in their experiences with Jesus and with people. So, so I think if you want to talk about mission trips, you can do it just anywhere. The mission field is all around us. Mm-hmm. Mission field is all around us. Okay. Well, list-making, goal-setting, and thinking about your spiritual life and where it's headed. Grace and peace be with you. That was uh, Stuff with Steve today. Mm